Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hollywood Haymaker Podcast. My name is Dustin Dubuque. And I'm John Hanson. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, good. I can't hear myself very well, so I'm glad you're here to help me out. Well, we were just talking Super Bowl. We were talking about John. Won some money betting on the Patriots. Don't, yeah. don't give us hate mail because John put money on the Patriots. Well, it seemed like a good bet with only a <laughs> two-and-a-half-point spread. So. Yeah, which is crazy. And I'm, I was telling him I'm all about Brady with the six ring. I texted him the other night. I was like, that's five on each finger and then one on the middle finger of the other one <laughs> to just raise it up to everyone who doesn't think he's the greatest of all time. Sure. Yes. And he said he's not going to retire yet. He's going to play again. Good for him. Go for 10 Super Bowls. I want to see it. As long as they're uh, not playing my Vikings, I'm all about it. So, but the other thing about the Super Bowl that's fun is I I watched it via Verizon because that's my carrier. Yeah, so I didn't get the commercials because I watch on Verizon. So I always had to get the news of all the uh, the movie trailers that dropped. Were you watching? I know you went to a party, but I'm not sure if you... uh, what do, you mean you watch, what do you mean you watched on Verizon? So I, A, was at work. Um, so I watch, because uh, I have Verizon, I get free NFL. So I can watch all like the games. Like on your phone? Yeah. But there's no commercials. There is, but they're not the commercials oh. of the game. It's stuff. you know, it's the NFL network commercials. So it's the same eight that I watched over and over and over again, every single commercial. Gotcha. Um, so I had to watch all the movie trailers and stuff post post uh, Super Bowl after okay. I heard which ones came out. Um, but were you able to actually watch them when you were at the party yeah. or did you have to go back after? No, they were on there. Okay. Um, there was a bunch of them. Yeah. After I uh, after I did the looks. Um, outside of the fact that everyone was complaining that there wasn't a Star Wars. That was, like oh. the, that was the only thing I was seeing because like, I would pull up my Twitter between commercials because I didn't care because uh, I wasn't going to watch the Verizon commercials. People were like... I can see people posting, where's the Star Wars? I wasn't even thinking about Star Wars. I feel like we've been hit with so much Star Wars lately. I didn't miss it. Well, and I think I might have said it on here. I'm not sure if I did or not. Um, I don't... Why give one? Just literally... I think I've said it. I don't know if i said it to you or on mic, but just put a trailer. Star Wars. Episode 9. December 18th. That's it. Nobody's well, not going to see it that wants to see it. Yeah, and it sounds like they're already aware of it. I mean, if they're asking for an advertisement, you're aware. Right. <laughs> why, why do you need anything in Episode 9 to be told to you? Yeah. I, what they're is hyped. It? They're hyped. They're excited. They want who to see Who is something. that trailer going to, like, hold to the theater? Yeah, I need to know, just, like, who's that person's going to see it and go, I wasn't going to see this. They just want to taste. I think that's it. That, well, and that's the nice thing about the Super Bowl commercials. It's fun, fun to watch them after, as you know. They're only 30 seconds or 45 seconds long because they're only commercials. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ad time at the Super Bowls, an insane amount of money. Yeah. So it was nice to watch these and watch, like, eight trailers in about six minutes instead of, like, 15 minutes that it would have taken if it was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the first one we should talk about is the obvious Avengers Endgame trailer that I thought was so hyped. So hyped. Yeah. I thought that uh, the shot of the remaining ones just walking yeah. in the desolate, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you got me. Because you can just see their outlines of who they were, yeah. you know? I'm like, ah, Yeah, I, I can't wait for that movie. I know. I'm going to go opening night. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Are you going to go, uh, going to go to the local theater? You're going to go, yeah. You special it up and go to a super nice theater. I think our theater is just fine. <laughs> I, I no, I'll, I'll watch it here in Minami. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really good. I mean, again, simple. This is the world; it's destroyed. Here's mm-hmm. who's going to help save it. Yeah, and it was nice because then I started thinking like, who's left? I had to do that rethink of like, who actually survived? And we got I Captain love- America. We got Thor, Hawkeye. Yep. Widow. Um, Black Widow, yeah. Yeah, um, I wrote them down because I had to look them up. Rocket Raccoon. Yep. Um, Ant-Man. Yep. Um, uh, War Machine. So, I, I looked it up today. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Umbaku, which I'm not sure how relevant that'll be, but... Um, Who's that? It's uh, Wakanda. Oh. Um, 
Well, isn't that what's her name? What's the what's the blue girl's name? Guardian? Nebula. Nebula. She's still alive too. Yeah. Which is random. That's the one thing I liked about it. It was even though it's Cap Thor and and Iron Man, which you kind of need. I love the couple random. Mm-hmm. Like Rocket Raccoon is the guardian that you chose, and and uh, Nebula. Rocket is great. I, they are, but it's kind of random, right? It's not like they, you know, it's not Star Lord, and it's not. Uh, well, you got your leading man already with with you know Captain America and Iron Man and Thor. So you got to mix it up now with some supporting characters and maybe a little bit of humor or something with Rocket. Sure. Yeah, and that's what I like about it. So um, that's interesting, and I yeah, I'm pumped. Um, I couldn't believe I would say that, but four years ago, but now I am because they've got me sucked in. Yeah. Uh, the other Marvel one was the uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Can't wait. Sure. Man, was that fun! <laughs> I was I was already sold anyway. I'm yeah. pretty large on Captain Marvel, and again, I don't know anything about it. Oh. I was like watching her in her sweet outfit uh, destroy stuff in the air. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, oh, yep, gotta see that. Yeah, I was great. excited. I heard there's been some test screenings and people are just saying it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I saw today that the pre-sale tickets is already at 160 million is the estimated pre-sale ticket. Nice. Yeah, and and yeah, and I am excited for that. And that's what early March, right? So about a month. Yeah. It's like March 8th. Oof. Yeah. Gosh, we need to get through February and then the good movies start coming out. Yep. Um, yeah, but she, that, that little trailer, that like 45 second one was sold me all the way. Um, I was already sold anyway, but mm-hmm. seeing her in action for like nine seconds was awesome. Uh, some of the other ones, I'm, I'm not sure if you said, <laughs> we have to talk about this only because we talked about it a few weeks ago and then you actually texted me was the, the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. Yeah. And you texted me after you kind of gave me crap about the Fast and the Furious franchise and you texted me. It looks That good. looks fun. It looks fun. Yeah. Of course it does. Well, I, I don't think it needs the Fast and Furious moniker on there. No, it's it, just the characters. The, yeah. I mean, they're technically they're playing the same characters that they played in Fast and Furious, but they're really playing the same characters they've played in every single action movie they've ever <laughs> right. been in. Did that not? Did that trailer not just scream? Isn't this every Jason Statham action movie? It looked like the Transporter. <laughs> well, yeah, and what I had suggested to you is I thought they should have made a movie where The Rock and Jason Statham actually do play themselves. That I mean, I think you could do a movie where they, they play themselves. Pretty much are. Yeah, well, they could literally have you know their right. own names and just get sucked into some plot where they have to step up and actually be real action heroes. Cause sure this movie, the, the Hobbs and Shaw movie, it, it feels a little bit self-aware. Like when, um, what's his, the, the bad guy, Idris Elba, uh, yeah. which got me even more excited. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, the bad guy's Idris Elba. Now I'm seeing this. Yeah. In the trailer, he shows up and somebody goes, who are you? And he goes, bad guy. Yeah. I'm the bad guy. So it's like the movie's a little bit self-aware and it's got oh, that yeah. kind of like wink to the camera kind of thing. And, and like I said, the last three fast and furious have been that like they, uh, fast five kind of do it because they went over the top. The last two are like, all right, this is what we do now. Uh-huh. And, and this one is even farther. Yeah. Into the, well, I love that they embrace that with this one. And I, I think it actually does look fun. I look forward to seeing Rock and Jason Statham just playing the same character they've always played. But together. But together. Kind just, of not getting along was kind of fun. Yeah. That part where I think it's Rock is in that huge army truck doing 360s and destroying cars coming. I was dying at that part. I wasn't going to watch the trailer. So my buddy, uh, another buddy of mine texted me. He goes, did you check out the Hobbs and Shaw trailer? I'm like, and I literally texted him back. I'm like, do I need a trailer showing me Jason Statham and the Rock? Throwing jabs at each other and then in different types of vehicles blowing stuff up because I have a feeling that's the trailer. He's like, that's correct. That's exactly what it is. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't need to see it. I got it. And then because I knew it was a Super Bowl one, I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I was just like, so fun. Yeah. But like the skyscraper, falling down the skyscraper and he and Statham's in the elevator. Yeah. That's funny. Right. It just yeah, waves at him. Stuff. Just waves at him like, oh, see you later, Rock. I got you. A lot of good stuff in there. That'll be the rock. He says, uh, he says, I'm trying to save the world, which for the record will be the fourth Worth time. <laughs> yes. That's self-aware. Yeah. Usually that's, Oh gosh, I, I'm excited. I, I watched I'll, it. I'll check out and movie. smiled. And I was like, this yeah. is fun. Same here. Nothing wrong with, uh, some ridiculous fun. Um, a couple of the other ones are, uh, toy story Four. 
catch that one? Uh, yeah. The very basic, like, I don't need to see it. I've seen three of them. <laughs> right, and we talked when we were going over, like, the anticipated movies of this year. Is, um, they finished the third one off perfect, and I don't need them to do what they do again. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was cute and stuff, but it seems like now it's a nostalgia trick of how much money can we get out of these characters. Yeah. I mean, about money. It is. That one is very much about money. And I thought the trailer was, I'm like, that just proved it. I mean, it wasn't a trailer. It was just a, it's a quick little thing to make fun of Buzz Lightyear with, and they're at this carnival. And that's it. I'm like, that's cash grab. I'll probably never see it. To be honest with you. I, I probably won't either, unless it's like me and you have them days once in a while when we're bored and we literally are looking at the list of movies. And I know we, you and I both do it. And we're like, all right, fine. And that might be my reason to watch it is that where I just give in and I'm like, fine, it's here. Nothing else to do. I'll throw in Toy Story when it hits Netflix. So, um, I think I have another, oh, two more that were there was, uh, uh, Us, Jordan Peele's, uh, new movie. Did you see that one? Um, That's the Twilight Zone looking trailer where it's like the, uh, African American family. I saw a trailer. I didn't, I must've missed it during the Super Bowl, but I know I've seen a trailer for it. Um, I didn't really pay too much attention to it because I didn't want to get, have it spoiled. Sure. It kind of felt like the trailer, the the, the first trailer I saw was a full-length trailer. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think I, I turned it off part way because I sure. was worried it was going to spoil too much. But I'll check that out just because it's, it's Jordan Peele. Um, it looks like he's trying to follow up Get Out with kind of something similar. Totally. Um, I hope it's half as good as Get Out. Yeah, That'd me too. All right. It looks fun. I mean, it looks crazy. And I mean, again, it was what, 30 seconds and I mean, I got the gist of there's a family and there's another family that looks just like you and it plays like the Twilight Zone. I'm like, that's all I need to know. That and he's going to be hosting the Twilight Zone. Yeah, right. Which is awesome. They're bringing the Twilight Zone show back. Yep. With him as well. Yeah. And that's why I think it all coincides together so well because that, that the movie looks like a Twilight Zone episode totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that fell on the scary movie side was uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Did you see that? That's Guillermo del Toro's new movie. Remember those oh, books when you were a kid? Trailer. It was real short, though. Yeah, yeah, real short. That was like a teaser, 15-second yeah. one where it just showed one creepy monster. Mm-hmm. Remember those books when you were a kid? No. No, were you, uh, remember Just Too Old? They were like, there's like three or four volumes of them. And they were like these little um, quick short stories, like two, three pages. Every short story had an illustration that for like a kid's book, was pushing probably the boundaries, like bugs crawling out of people's face. It was all black and white, so it was made really creepy looking. All you know, bugs pulling, drawing out of people's faces, and and I went and saw the Guillermo del Toro art exhibit when it was at the uh, Art Institute of Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and he had like three or four of those original uh, drawings and stuff from that. So it's not surprising that he's making this movie. But I remember as a kid running to the library. And like running to the shelf those were on on a consistent basis and get them just to look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. It was cool. So that's pure nostalgia for me. Um, so yeah, those are the main ones, I think. Was there any other one? I don't I think those are the main movie trailers, right? Much right. Mm-hmm. Get you all pumped. Uh, the couple other bits of news I have here is uh, we'll start off with the big news about Batman. I mean, we all knew Affleck was probably out, but it's finally confirmed. Yeah that Affleck's not coming back. And the, the quote I read was, they want a younger Batman. Well, I heard that Affleck was not real big on doing it again anyway. Right. I don't think um, so. I think I, I heard that he was unhappy with the criticisms he's getting. Anytime you do a high-profile character like that that everyone's familiar with, they've all got their expectations. and right. You're just never good enough for everybody. Well, And to be the one that follows the one that was the most famous. You know, I think Christian exactly. Bale's probably the best Batman? Um, I don't know. That's I mean, I, I think the reason why is because he was in the last three, and the three were super popular. I would say those are the best Batman movies, but not necessarily because of Christian Bale. I thought they were just really well written. Exactly, but I think that's why people just, just, just kind of associate. I mean, if you really look back on the, you know, everybody else did him for a lot of movie. And then, so you have this I think a lot of people, trilogy. A lot of people liked um, Michael Keaton. Yeah, I did too. And then, of course, Adam West. I mean, but that's 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 not really comparing, right? I mean, that's a different type of role, but right. But I think that um, was just it. Is there was the follow up movie where he took over Christian Bale's role, and he, you know, Batman was a lot different than Batman versus Superman. 
Well, they, yeah, he was a little older. He had a little silver in his hair, which I liked. I liked it. Yeah, I thought I thought Affleck did a great job. I think he was actually my favorite Batman. Ooh, yeah. hot take. I mean, better than Clooney. Yeah, <laughs> um, I feel like there hasn't been a lot of great Batman's to be honest with you. Well, Batman's not like you know, it's not like a character that's especially when you especially when you watch Christian Bale's character. I think, um, and I agree with you on those Batman's that I don't. It's not Christian Bale that makes those movies good. Um, he is very flat in those, and that's kind of how he's written. Is just to be, Bale. yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of how he was. Um, I mean, Clooney was the same way. I mean, his Batman was. I mean, outside of that movie, those movies were ridiculous. <laughs> I, for me, there hasn't been like an iconic Batman. Like I, when I think of the character Batman, I don't think of like a certain actor. Like when I think of Iron Man, right. there's only one, right. Robert Downey Jr., and that's how how it'll probably always be. But when I think of Batman, I just I I don't really associate that role with any particular actor. So, and I, I thought, thought Affleck was the best part of Batman vs Superman when it comes he, to like uh, he's, he was great. He sold it for me. Yeah, he was great. I thought he did just an absolutely great job. Um, I didn't have any criticism for him in that role. No. I would have been happy to see him back, but if he doesn't want to do it, you know, somebody else can do it too. That's right, right. And like I said, they're looking. They're they're going back to the youth, the younger Batman. There, they're sticking. Sure. They're staying away. That's just too bad. I like the older superhero story once in a while. That's why I like Logan so much. It was nice to see an older... What happens when these people are... Or whatever you want to say. In their youth of being a superhero. You mm -hmm. know? That's why, that's why I like it too. And I like Ben Affleck a lot. Uh, and then the other one I know we were talking about sticking on DC is Joker. It's going through some tough times with some rewrites right now. Some major rewrites from what I read. Yeah, I hear that they they've been rewriting the movie, the whole movie, while shooting it. Yeah, and that's not a good sign. Nah, <laughs> no. And DC has had I, so I had to relook it up because I had a, and I was like, oh, which movie was it that in DC where they spent? I remember reading it. I'm like, one of these movies they spent like an, an extra like twelve, thirteen million dollars to reshoot after they finished it because they were like, wow, this Justice is League. it was Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, but they also I read they also did a lot of rewrites for Justice League and they're already doing rewrites for the next Justice League. I don't know what DC is, but the Suicide Squad I was reading, they, they reshot for, they, you know, they finished the movie, you know, they test screen, mm -hmm. you know, and I guess the test screen went insane, like bad, 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 even worse than what it was. Mm -hmm. And they were like, wow, we need to fix so much of this movie. And they spent millions to reshoot it all. Um, and so it sounds like Joker's going through probably the same thing. Well, <clears throat> they haven't even finished Joker yet. It's, I think, I think they don't know what they're doing with this movie. I, I said before that it felt uninspired. When they when I heard they were making a Joker movie, my first thought was why? Other than money. Yeah, well they're capitalizing on the character. Right. But there's no story to tell that it's not like they said, Oh, we got this great Joker story that the world needs to hear. They said, Joker, money, do it. And so now they got really probably not a great script and they probably kinda of figured it out while filming it and so now they're trying to rewrite it and it's well it's and, it's and is it possible even as a supporting character for anybody to live up to what ledger did no i mean not possible it's 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 that that is such an iconic role now mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter who steps in you're never going to be able to do it like i thought jared leto again i never watched the movie but i just the look and what i i saw little pieces pieces of it I didn't personally have a problem with like what Jared Leto looked like and what he did. I'm like, it's just you're following. Um, I, I liked Leto as the Joker. I thought his portrayal was very different mm -hmm. than what Heath Ledger did. I thought it was um, an interesting take on the character. I really liked the laugh that Jared Leto used. Right. It felt like he was kind of tortured on the inside, but laughing on the outside, which I really liked. Um, I didn't really compare him to Heath Ledger. It was just a different take on the character. And I thought it was an interesting take on the character. And you almost think that that's... And people got mad about it. And that's why that movie got trashed even before it was out. Isn't that what you'd rather have? Because this Joaquin Phoenix one kind of is the same... I mean, you know, again, we're going based off screenshots and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's just drawing the makeup on. He looks like he's in like a mental ward just by the way he looks, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's a lot more similar to... Uh, Heath Ledger's style Joker than Leto's was. Leto's bit. was completely yeah. off the wall. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do it, change it up. 
Yeah. Don't try to kind of do it while having your own style. And I think that's just off screen grabs and stuff. That's what I see. I'm like, I don't see a monstrous difference here. No. Just off what you're portraying, you know. And that's, again, not Joaquin Phoenix's problem. That is studio and all that other stuff. I wonder, yeah. Well, they've already promised so much with it, you know, that this is coming out and all these screenshots that they're going to have to do it. Can't pull back now. Oh, just not release it? Yeah. I mean, when it's... Oh, all, they're going to release something because they want to make money. Yeah. They don't care if it's trash. Well, and isn't that kind of a half problem with the superhero genre being so popular? Most of the time, creating good movies that you can, if you have some trash here and there, you can kind of go, that's okay. We'll make money either way. Well, that's what Hollywood's become. It's kind of a business now. And that's why we started doing this podcast. Yeah, we want to exactly. filter out those those bad movies and hopefully steer audiences away from them and not support them being made and show these studios that if you're going to make a bad movie, you're going to, it's going to cost you. You're right. going to lose money. That's, that's what we hope. Um, unfortunately, this, this movie will probably make money just because it is the Joker. I think they know that. That's why they're making it. Right. And there's people that will go to it just out of curiosity more than anything. And, and they put a big name actor as the lead. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. So it, it'll probably do well, but I, I'm predicting it'll be a bad movie. <laughs> I love that prediction. I mean, I've been, it's tough I've been not saying to say. It, I've been saying it, honestly, since they announced this movie. Yeah, I remember that. I said it feels uninspired. I don't like the idea of doing an origin for a character who has never really had an origin. You know, the the when Heath Ledger depicted him, they did a great job with that. They He offers an origin a couple times in that movie. Okay. But it conflicts with, with with each time he tells it. Right, yeah. So he never really gives an actual origin. Right. He's just this sort of element of chaos that exists in society. You're not meant to understand him. Right. So to Which is why origin, Batman can never get rid of him. That's yeah. the point. He doesn't know, in the end, what he can actually do. That's the reason why he's Joker's the most iconic villain to Batman, right? I mean, kind of in that way. Yeah, I think, I think it's because of what the character represents. You, you can't really get rid of that element of chaos. Even if you killed the Joker, there would be another Joker. There would be another person like him. Um, so to do this origin story, you know, for the Joker, it just, I feel like I'd rather not see it. You know, you know you're going to have to see it, right? I'm going to see it, <laughs> but I just, I expect it's not going to be a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it is going to be tough. And I mean, and for me, I'm a, I do like Joaquin Phoenix a lot, so I mean, that's like the one thing that's helping me to, to enjoy myself a little bit. But I don't know, we'll see when other stuff comes out about it, too. I mean, right now, it's literally sold as, it's a Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Here's a Joker. You're going to see the Joker. Yep. <laughs> yep, I got that. Yeah. I think there's needs to be more than that, or else, and that's where it goes to the I don't think you there said. will be. <laughs> you think it's going to go like kind of the Venom route, where it's just like, Here's here's how he gets to be Joker. Here's Joker. Credits. Pretty much. I mean, that's what it looks like so far. I don't know. Interesting. We'll see. Yeah, we'll it'll see. it'll be DC man. They've had some uh, they've had some rough goes with uh, some of the stuff lately. So hopefully they get. Uh... Shazam looks good. Yeah, I, I I'm interested. And again, I've said it on here before. I don't have any interest. I have no idea what Shazam is, but I am interested. I, I thought I thought the trailer. Was uh, it made me go? Oh, okay, that seems seems like should be fun. Should I think be that's, fun. That'll be a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, speaking of uh, segueing off why we have this podcast, uh, we we like to talk about good movies on here. It's a thing we do. Uh, but once in a while, we have to tell you uh, to not watch things because we don't want you to waste your time. We want you to watch fun things and good movies. Uh, so if you've been on Netflix recently. You'll see the big banners and all the stuff for the new movie, uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. It's on Netflix, and they're going to shove it down your throat, because I know when I turned my Netflix on about two days in a row, that was the movie. That was They were like, hey, you need to watch this movie. And, you know, when you it did that thing where they're like, hey, here's a movie. Sounds a little weird. And here's like two or three big name actors and actresses to go in it. And so you should watch it. Like Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and Tony Collette, and uh, Rene Russo. So there's big name actors. In John it. Malkovich. John Malkovich. Yeah. Nonsensical role that means almost nothing. 
Um, and uh, and so that's how they get you. And it got me. I even said that. Like, I want to watch it because I like Hall. And I really do. I'm like, I like weird Hall. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, even if I get that out of it. But I got overacting poorly Hall as this eccentric uh, uh, art critic. Uh, who, uh, so pretty much the synopsis is, is, uh, it's pretty much a bunch of snobby art people who really like abstract art and pay a lot of money for it. And you kind of go through the, the first 10, 15 minutes of meeting the people that are like Tony Collette, who is leaving this one museum and trying to get art for another museum. And then Jake Gyllenhaal goes around and talks about, I, you know, I don't know much about art. But within about 10 minutes, I went, I feel like they're saying all the phrases that I would think an art person would say. Like, did you ever know? Did you notice that? Like, gosh, I'll never be able to say them now because I'm not an art person. But like, just the way they spoke about the piece was just like, gosh, I I, should have wrote down a couple of the lines because I even went, I feel like that's the most generic thing somebody would say. Like, just felt like a character. Yeah, it felt like, it felt like, like a movie that's basic. Mm-hmm. here's what humans will understand about this art piece. I'm like, these are supposed to be maybe the most highly recognized pieces of art and the people in the art world. And they're using like the most basic speak about these things. I'm like, I just don't see it, but they say it. It's so, so stoically. And, uh, so then what happens is, uh, uh, Zawe Ashton's character. Uh, she is the girlfriend of Jill Hall. She lives in this apartment and she notices that there's this old man, uh, passed away up on like what second third floor. She goes up there and realizes he's passed away, and they uh, they tell him that uh, everything in his apartment needs to be destroyed forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna throw everything out. And I don't remember, but she goes into the apartment. I don't know if she just goes in just cause. I think I don't even remember. Doesn't matter. So she goes into the apartment and realizes there's paintings mm-hmm. all over, thousands of them, and uh, they're all. Again, I'm not an art person. They're all. Look, look to me, uh, nothing. But apparently, to these people, this was high quality, high class, millions, millions of dollars worth of art. Like they said, seven figures worth. But they're supposed to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So what is she going to do? Steal it all, take it to her people at the art world, her particular boyfriend, Jake Jonah, and say, we have all this art. We're going to kind of, to certain and one, people. And one of the paintings was actually rolled up in the fireplace. And it starts like glowing. Glowing. Kind of that's supernatural. right. I haven't hit the supernatural just, part of this movie. Just to yet. let you know that this movie <laughs> is a supernatural. Yes, it is. That was my my next spot was well, guess what? Something's going on with all these paintings, and if you don't destroy them, there's a supernatural element of this gentleman who's coming to kill everyone involved about uh, these paintings not being destroyed. That's your synopsis. And you can pretty much guess where it goes from there. And it's not very good. No, I I had no interest in seeing this movie just from the trailer because to me it looked like supernatural nonsense, and which I, is what it was. I don't I don't get scared of this kind of thing. <laughs> to me, it just looks like a special effect reel. You know, I get scared of ideas like, well, what if somebody in society were to murder or something like that? Sure, it's more relatable. I don't get scared of what if paintings came to life, right? Um, I'm just seeing computer graphics on a screen, and it's not interesting to me at all. So you told me yesterday that you wanted to watch this one. I was like, you know what? Again, I literally, I like Joe Hall, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'll pretty much watch anything he's in. And I'm like, you know what? I was sitting around, I'm like, I'll throw it on. That was that was why. So I'm like, John, this is what I'm going to watch. It, for me, it was exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch of a bunch of nonsense. Um, bunch of computer effects, paintings moving and coming to life. Um, I love when uh, supernatural things lunge, but don't quite get you. Right. How I, could it not get you? The, the first time the painting comes to life for uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, the, this hand reaches out of the painting and almost grabs it, but, but doesn't, doesn't. doesn't quite grab it. So I don't know if it's that the, the paintings are, they're supernatural, but they're not, they're not able-bodied. Or if they're just not, they're just not real quick. Right. Or if it was just trying to scare them. Right. Well, and the thing, you know, <laughs> you know, the other thing about it was, is it was like, if it's paintings come to life, okay. But that was not all it was. It was like this spirit was like, 
could really do whatever it wanted whenever it wanted. But the unless paint, what it wanted was to grab you, right? It falls a little short. Falls. It was. It was. But he does grab people, but not like the one guy who. Um, and there's a good chance we're going to spoil this movie. Just don't watch it, so yeah. it's fine. So we're going to just say the stupidness of there's it. Nothing there's really nothing. There's nothing to. But like the one guy who gets hung by his uh, tie or whatever, a hand just reaches out from the ceiling and grabs him. Yeah. What? I was like, what just <laughs> happened? I thought this was like an artist's paintings and stuff, and now we got this a demon or something that just grabbed. I'm like, this that was no that was nonsense. I was like, the first one with the monkeys and stuff. I'm like. That makes sense. It's stupid, but at least it's that. But then a hand hangs, and then the, the monkeys. The, yeah. So the guy was transporting the paintings. Yeah, there's the a truck. guy. That was the first guy that gets killed, and he crashes the truck because he sees he, drop, the, he drops a cigarette or something. Oh yeah, lap, doesn't he? Yeah, and he lights himself like half on fire. He looks down. And oh, because sees, he sees the guy, doesn't he? In like the rear view, doesn't he see the spirit of the old guy? I think so. And then he looks down and he sees like the the devil face. That's right. On his lap or something. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, and um, then he drops his cigarette and lights on fire. Yeah. He crashes the truck <clears throat> into, like, an abandoned gas station or something. Yeah. And then he goes inside to deal with his burns. And in the mirror, he sees monkeys. No, I think that was a painting. Just hanging in their bathroom? I think so. And that was where I was like, this painting's in... And that gets... There's a lot of lot of roadside gas stations have... Yeah, especially this this gas station. It wasn't even a gas station. It was literally a roadside bathroom, I'm pretty sure. It was just a big stone building. I was like... That was my first thought. I'm like, why is there a painting in here? Right. Makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't... I know. None of it made sense. Like, as the movie went on, I was like, this you is making... You Picasso's hanging in... Uh, no. In, uh, no. In the roadside bathroom. <laughs> No, I, surprisingly not. But it was just, and then, and then it got even more nonsensical. And the only thing that was even remotely semi cool was when Tony Collette. There's this part in the movie where there's this really big painting where you put your arm, or not painting sculpture, where you put your arms in the sphere, mm-hmm. and every there's a bunch of holes in it. And everybody feels something, and it creates their own experience, art stuff. Okay, you see where this is going the first time you see the sphere. You're like. Somebody's arms getting cut off. You knew it right when you saw it. Did you not? Did you not look at the sphere and go, there's an arm leaving someone in this movie? And then there's so there's a part where Tony Collette's character, um, she's in the museum by herself, and uh, she just goes to do it, I think, and her she can't get her arm out. Right. Why? That spirit has nothing to do with that piece of art. That's and not his. Grabbed her. I know. And now, why is he in there grabbing her? I'm like, this line doesn't make sense. I'm like, if no. you're going to stick with his paintings is the reason why the hauntings are happening and this is how it... That makes more sense than there's a spirit coming from these paintings that now is just a normal spirit to kill people. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I, I knew it was going to happen the second she laid on the ground dead. I was like, how many people are going to think that this is an art installation? <laughs> I knew it. I literally said it in my head. I'm like, Bet you nobody cares the next morning because I knew how the movie was going to. And of course, like people were walking around, they thought there's a dead body on the floor <laughs> of a real human with no arm. I get art. I'm not. Uh, uh, kids are just playing in the mud in the blood. This is funny. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like the nonsensical is my word. Yeah. And then it gets to the end, and it's stupid. And by then, you don't care. Let's give it away. Oh, so the, you, you want to give them the five? No yeah, why not? Watch. No, no one's going to watch. Because that's the point. Um, she gets rid of all the paintings. Yeah. Okay, so, so Rene Russo's, what they show you in the beginning, the reason why it's called Velvet Buzzsaw, is on her shoulder, she has a tattoo that they don't tell you anything about, mm-hmm. why it matters, what it means, so why would you care mm-hmm. uh, of a buzzsaw blade that yeah. says Velvet Buzzsaw. Right. Why? Why? Why is that tattoo there? Why, is it, why does it say Velvet Buzzsaw on it? Why is it on Raven? If it's going to be a main part of the movie, aka the movie's title, wouldn't you like to be told why it's important, other than the fact that they show you it one time in the beginning, and you go, okay, I should remember that for later, and then it makes no sense. <laughs> it's never talked about. Right. I'll let you tell it. So she... I'm getting more mad. Now I'm talking about it. <laughs> I've only had these thoughts in my head. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it's even dumber. So she, when they finally realize that these paintings 
start killing people. She gets rid of all of them. She says, get rid of all my art, everything. Get it out of my house. Get all my paintings, postcards, prints, anything. Get it out of my house. And she's left with just a, a white house, just a, just white walls, nothing, no art, except, except the tattoo, the tattoo on her back, which comes to life and saws, cuts, starts cutting into her basically. Yeah. Which was a neat <laughs> idea. I'm not against sure. that. It was kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's cool. Again, though, my first thought, once I finished it, I was like, what's the point? I get it. It's art. So basically, um, the whole premise of the movie was art is, is it comes to life, starts killing people, and even when you get rid of all of it, you forget about the shit, the tattoo. Tattoo was a piece of art also. So. And I get it. I totally understand all that, but I, again, what is the point of why? I, <laughs> I, I love what the movie's called Velvet Buzzsaw, based off that tattoo. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. I, they didn't even have a mention of the tattoo from the characters. Like, somebody couldn't have put even mention it, like that it was relevant. Besides, oh, God, so stupid. Now that I'm talking about it, I even it's even worse. And the way Jake Gyllenhaal's killed. There's this robot that they show you oh, for yeah. like eight seconds in the beginning of the movie. One of the, yeah, one of the art pieces was like an animatronic robot that was called Hobo Man. He was kind of a half superhero, half homeless man. Yeah. And that, that comes to life and in, in a in a storage warehouse, apparently that just happened to be right next door to where Gyllenhaal was looking for these other paintings, and it comes to life and it slowly chases Gyllenhaal down this hallway and breaks his neck. Yeah, as he's trying to escape this robot <laughs> that barely moves, that he could have ran past at any moment. <laughs> and actually, I'm pretty sure he runs past to go down the aisle that traps him. Oh my god! <laughs> and again, the spirit. Is in a slow moving robot mm-hmm. or animatronic thing. Well, it's in all the art pieces. <laughs> it's in all the art pieces. Which, you got to get rid of all the art pieces and your tattoos. Which is not explained. Why is it in all the art pieces? Well, it's a supernatural movie. <laughs> That's what it does. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. And the, and so I'm in like a bunch of different like uh, Facebook groups and stuff on, online that involve movies and. Uh, something came up on my feed right before I came in here, and it was just watched like somebody posted. Just watched Velvet Buzzsaw. I had a blast. It was super fun. And I was like, I can't even comment. I cannot engage this person because I don't see how that. I don't even see how people that like that like like just ridiculous. Like, I don't know who enjoys this, is, this. Well, there's apparently an audience for it because they keep making these kind of movies, and I classify this movie right along with um, these movies like. Um, Unfriended or right, Truth or Dare, sure. These kind of supernatural um, horror stories about some some ghost that's gonna attack you. And, you know, each one's a little different, but they're all kind of the same. They're what I call supernatural nonsense. They're just scenes of scariness generated by computers, usually. Yeah, and I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, I don't. I mean, I. I I saw the trailer for this and I it, I wasn't interested in it. When after watching it, it was exactly what I was expecting it to be. It's just more of that kind of stuff, just a bunch of random, random nonsense. And I always laugh though at the the lunging that you know the <laughs> they always do that because they're not ready to kill the character yet, but they want to let you know that there's some scary stuff coming. So the demon will come out and like lunge at you or grab at you, but you, you know doesn't quite get you. And why can't it get you? Well, because it's, it's too early in the movie at this point. <laughs> and why does it only have to go after the one person? Like, because the part where he lunges at Jill isn't... He's with somebody else. Yeah. Why? There's, you can get two for one. <laughs> why are you stopping here? Well, he's... A, oh, we forgot the other kill from Zawa Ashton. The paint. The paint kill. Mm-hmm. Where the paint goes up her body. Yeah. And, man, that could have been cool. <laughs> and then they make it... Stupid. First off, I want to know how the paint is on her and she doesn't notice until it hits like her eyeballs. <laughs> I'm like, you see it. Like, so all the paint. The only cool scene in the movie, I will give it, was that scene where she's on the phone, it's scanning her, and you see the paints melting to the floor, all the paintings in the room to get the. Fo- I'm like, okay, there's five seconds of the movie where I went, cool looking. And then, of course, so all the paintings, uh, she's on the phone, she's not paying attention, and the paint takes over the floor. And eventually starts crawling up her boots to her legs. 
and eventually she becomes a painting. Yeah. And again, random paintings uh, that she was in this random gallery that was shown early in the movie. It doesn't matter, matter at all. And then she is shown later in the uh, in a graffiti art on the side of a building, but nobody can see her because she's painted into it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Stupid. Yeah, it's a lot of nonsense. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. But so, it is. Um, what we like to do, I think now, is uh, you said you had another movie you watched, right? Yeah. Okay, and uh, usually what we do, I think, uh, moving forward, I think we've done a good job so far, is when we talk about a bad movie, we're going to try to at least give you a couple good movies to watch. I think that's our plan here. So I'll let John take this one. We both saw a couple other fun things this week. Well, I didn't say the other movie that I saw was good. Dang it, I just assumed. <laughs> you Rarely do you come on the podcast and go, I have a movie I want to see, talk about. and uh, You asked me what I had seen. Oh, God, okay, I'm sorry. Usually it's, if you tell me a movie, it's this will be the text back. I'm like, I watched this. It wasn't very good. I want to talk about it. <laughs> that well, is if common. I had seen other things that were better. That's fine, you could talk about it. Um, no, the other movie I had seen was called The Domestics. Um, it's at Redbox right now. It, it's not bad. But it's not great. It's okay. Perfectly okay. It's getting 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so I was kind of curious to see it. It's basically like a post-apocalyptic film where um, in the near future there was a like a chemical attack and the, um, the nation has kind of reverted to anarchy and people are in these different gangs sort of fighting to survive and okay. kill each other and whatever. Sure. And the, the gangs all had different themes, which I thought was kind of cool. I'm going to um, look this up, because I've never heard of it. Sure. It stars Kate Bosworth. Um, basically, it's it's her and her um, her boyfriend. They're trying to get across Wisconsin. They've got to travel like 200 miles to this safe zone. You know, it's always like a safe zone. Always. In movies. Um, and you said this movie's about gangs, right? Yeah. The pro- You want to know what the name of the production studio is? What's that? Hollywood Gang Productions. Sure. Man, let's not be original here. <laughs> I wonder if this must be their first movie or something. Maybe. Okay. Um, no, it's 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 certainly watchable. Um, it's it's enjoyable. Um, I 87% think, by Google users. Yeah, I can believe it. Um, okay. Like I said, it's 100% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm assuming that 100% of the critics How did, many? didn't say it was a flawless film, just... Just that it was good. Yeah. You know. That's the big thing about the critic score. Well, any score in Rotten Tomatoes. It's a 50-50 score. Yeah, either I mean, you liked you, it or you, you didn't. You can give so. it a fresh rating and not hate it. Like, yeah. or, like, or you can even get a rotten rating and not hate the movie. Yeah. You're just like, I mean, if I had to tell you yes or no, eh, probably not. Right, so if 100% of critics said it's okay... Yeah, I think it's a hundred percent. Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's a percentage of critics that gave it a favorable review, and I, I would give it a favorable review. Um, you know, if you like this kind of thing, there's a lot of gun violence in it. Um, Is I it like, one of the movies that goes heavy on the heavy on the violence? Yeah. Okay. It yeah. seems like it just from like some of the pictures I'm looking at and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worth watching. Um, there's there's one scene that I thought was kind of stupid. Where they're they're forced to play Russian roulette with each other by and, by a gang, yeah. Forcing yeah, is that not been done enough? There, there's this scene where the the one gang captures them and is forcing them to do this. So they they, they like to gamble on Russian roulette. So this is like their thing is they they make people play Russian roulette. Okay, that on So her and her boyfriend, they're they they each have a gun aimed at each other. They're the guns are mounted on a thing, and they're their hands are like taped to the gun, so they, uh, they can't. Got it. They can't really get away or anything. And the guy's counting down, and he's he wants them to fire at each other. And she goes, "Wait, I want to make a deal." And I'm thinking to myself, "You, you have no bargaining chips, <laughs> right? What What is your deal? I, in a post apocalyptic world, right? A bunch of food. I hope you have a truckload because that's about the only deal you're going to strike." Her deal was. Um, give the boyfriend extra bullets in his gun, but they get to leave if they survive two rounds. Oh my god, stupid. Um, the gang, if they want, they'll put the extra bullets in the boyfriend's gun, 
and you don't get to leave after two. Right. right. They have no, again, no bargaining no. chips. And of course, let me guess. It plays out the way you'd expect. It, oh so. my gosh. Um, it's kind of dumb. That's yeah. dumb. <laughs> and, so, and I like, and this is the other thing too, is so if this is what the gang likes to do. Right. This is not the, you're not the first couple. <laughs> you're not the first duo that they've done this to. If they have yeah. guns mounted, mm-hmm. they're prepped. This is their fun game. Do you think nobody else came along before them and was like, wait, 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 got a deal for you. Right. How do I get out of here? Like, you Here's don't think- the deal. I get to leave. <laughs> How about now? <laughs> it's like, what, and, and this is the other thing. It's the apocalypse. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. I, I need to know. Well, they're trying to get to that safe zone. Right. Um, it was either in Milwaukee or... I was just going to ask. It's in Wisconsin, our home state. Where, yeah. are they, where are they going? They're going south? North. They're going coming north. up from southern Wisconsin. Got it. And they were trying to either get to Madison or Milwaukee. I can't remember. But I would not want to go to Milwaukee in the post-apocalypse because I don't want to go there now in the non-apocalypse. Hopefully they're going to Madison. <laughs> I can't. I don't remember. It was one of the major <laughs> cities up there. But Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely had some cool scenes in it. And I, I like the setting and the theme and everything. I like that post-apocalyptic kind of stuff. I love Mad Max. Nothing's better than Mad Max. Well, I was just going to say, that's a high bar. This is like uh, this is like the movie you'd watch if you've already seen all the Mad Maxes and you're looking for something it's different. Just some post-apocalypse, dirty, yeah. grimy-looking movie. It's like Mad Max Jr. <laughs> Not quite as good. But you got to see Mad Max. If you haven't seen Mad Max, yeah, then you're, what are you waiting Doing for? something wrong. You just need to watch Mad Max. Instead. Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I'm... Uh, Oh, gosh, I had a question about this. Is it, uh, does it have the atypical ending that I would probably assume it's going to have? Or is it going to try to do that last 15 second swerve that these movies have been, that tend to do? I thought the ending was pretty straightforward. Okay. Uh, there's a climax, a lot of violence during sure. the climax. Sure. Um, it's primarily all the violence, gun violence, primarily. There's some stabbings. Okay. But mostly guns. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Something. Like, hey, remember that Toy Story 4 conversation we just had? You were at Redbox, and you are like, hey, we'll just give it a go. This is this is the proof right, <laughs> proof right here. Well, I wanted to see it because I like I liked these kind of films, and it was getting 100% right. on Redbox. So right. I'm like, well, or I mean on Rod yeah. Um So I've been wanting to see it, and it was worth watching. Sure. Sure. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, this weekend I finally saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and that's only because it was in Menominee again. It kind of got re-released, I think, because of the Oscar buzz and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I wanted to see a movie, and I was like, well, hey. And it was the only Oscar-nominated movie uh, for Best Picture I haven't seen yet. So I was like, all right, we got to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. And worst comes to worst, I'm going to get to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody a couple times in the movie. It's a great song, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it. Because... The only thing that I got out of like the trailers and stuff is that um, I kind of had this problem with *Stars Born*. Is I don't know how many more movies I can watch of musicians just telling the story of their band. Like at least *Stars Born's fictional, but like I was like, oh, I'm gonna go into this movie and it's gonna be here's how Queen became Queen. This is how Freddie Mercury became Freddie Mercury. Here's a bunch of songs. And guess what I got? That exact movie. Mm-hmm. But dang, they made it fun. Yeah. Every scene that they play the songs in, they make it individual. Instead of, I mean, they are kind of just like, we have the rights to the music, let's let's have some fun, and guess what, we're going to play all the hits and you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. They did do that, and it was, it was almost formulaic. It was like, here's how the band started. Here's how Freddie Mercury joined the band, um, which was just out of happenstance. Their lead singer left for another band, and... Um, he was at their show and he kind of showed that he could sing and they just threw him on. And their very first show, they realized that this guy is eccentric off the wall, but dang, he has some talent. And his talent was good. You know, he's, I mean, he's eccentric, but the way the movie portrays him is that he made the band better. Like, even though he knew he was the front man, he knew he was the star. He wanted the band to be good. So like when they're in the recording studio, he's like, they're kind of getting to irritated him, but they also know that, he's making us really good at the same time. And the bandmates are all really fun and the connection they have is fun. And, but then it's like every 20 minutes, it's like, here's the story. Five minute break. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and they're like, that's how they wrote this song. And then it's 20, 20 minutes story. 
we will rock you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that. But every single one, you almost don't care that they're doing it. You're like, and they kind of do the whole song in the movie. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they go all out with the music. Um, they end the movie. It ends with the Live Aid performance of a 84, 85. That, you, remember, you, you know what Live Aid is? That was the thing that was, uh, it was for the families in Ethiopia or something. It was, remember in the 80s, it was all about, you know, we have the starving children send some money, you know? Mm-hmm. It, was the, it was the, that was when it was at its height. So what they did is they put on shows around the entire world for 20 minutes on TV, and it was a 24-hour time. And they had the most famous people participate in all these different stadiums. And it was like, everybody. But Queen was broken up at the time. And this was the, like, they Freddie Mercury, and they go on the whole story of, like, he's he's quit the band, he's doing his solo stuff, the band just hates him now at this point, because he's he's quit the band. He, uh, you know, and it also goes to, you know, Freddie Mercury's gay, that's part of the movie, where it's uh, about how kind of his... Uh, Lover, I would say, turned manager, kind of pulls him away from the band because the manager wants him to himself. Freddie Mercury's doing the drugs and the everything else you shouldn't be doing. So he, of course, goes with the manager because that's what he wants to do. And, but so the Live Aid performance was a really big deal because that was the first time the band had been together in like five years. Mm. But it was Live Aid. It was this huge performance in front of the entire Wembley Stadium of like 100,000 people. It was going to be, like, I think they said... A billion people are going to watch at home. Just over-exaggeration. But still, millions of people tuned in their TVs to watch all these concerts. And mm-hmm. They do the entire live aid. The whole concert ends the movie. Oh, really? Like, it's 20, 20 minutes. They don't. They do the whole thing, like, step for step. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's interesting. I'm like, that's kind of neat that it's not just like... I mean, they show the whole thing. They don't stop. Like, I'm like, gosh. Like, you expect it to stop. And you're like, I think they're doing the whole performance. And uh, and then that's where the movie cuts. And uh, I know pe- some people don't like the fact that you don't watch because you know Freddie Mercury dies about five years later from AIDS, mm-hmm. um, and he tells his bandmates at that live aid performance that that's he has AIDS and he's de- he's sick and dying because his voice by that point is getting bad and mm-hmm. um, and that's why it's such a famous performance for Queen. I knew about the performance before I went into the movie. That's the only like maybe thing other than some songs I like that I knew about Queen is that this live aid performance is super popular. So, like, all the music is fun, and but, man, Remy Malek's, like, getting a lot of uh, award stuff for his performances, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury's known to have an overbite, a really big one. So they give Remy Malek these teeth to wear, and it's, it's said right away. Like, there's a joke said immediately in the movie. Look at your overbite. Like, because they have to address this. Yeah. I... Watched this movie for two hours and 15 minutes and could not stop staring at his mouth. <laughs> and I understand that it's part of the movie and it is probably who Freddie Mercury was and stuff, but wholly distracting. I couldn't stop. I even told my wife about an hour and a half and I'm like, I can't stop looking at his freaking teeth. I'm like, this is so distracting from what I'm watching. I'm like, it's almost not good because I can't stop staring at his teeth. But no, the music's fun. The band stuff's fun. I would say the uh, a little over oversimplification of his life, probably. They definitely it was PG thirteen, so they didn't go too die hard into what he was really doing. Um, he had a wife for a while; they got divorced, but they stayed friends up until he died. Like he, he always told her that she was the one person that understood him. So, like randomly in the movie, even at really important parts, they would get together, mm-hmm. or like he would just show up at her doorstep because like he would get to the breaking point. Instead of going to anyone else, he went to her, even though she had you know a husband now and. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I enjoyed myself. It's it's a very enjoyable movie. And again, if you like Queen's music, yeah, you're gonna like it. I mean, there's even people that probably don't know Queen will realize that there's like eight songs that you know that you just have no idea Queen sings. Like, you know, We Will Rock You. I'm sure younger people probably have no idea that oh, Queen's. Like yeah, you would think so. But, uh, and then, you know, we are the champions. and all. So you get all the things. And so it's, yeah, it was good. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was like the ground most, it's not groundbreaking at all. I mean, it's your most straightforward musical biopic that you can watch, but it's, it's fun. If you like the music and they, but yeah, they play like full songs, which I thought was an interesting way of doing it. Like I, they cut a couple short because, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, I don't think they play the whole thing start to finish, but they clip it a lot in there. Like, obviously, it's called Bohemian Rhapsody, so you're getting a lot of Bohemian Rhapsody. But neat. That's good. 
something to watch. I watch it when it comes out on video. Something. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It is. It's a good couple couple hours of your life. Great part in it though. So I'm watching the movie and they they're getting to the point where they're popular. And you'll love this. Um, and they, so they sit down with this record producer, you know, and he's not sold on him. He doesn't think they're going to be anything. And they sit down with this record producer, and the whole time I'm like, he's got this really scuzzy hair, big mutt. You can tell he's makeup up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who in the hell is this? I'm like, I know it's someone famous, but I, I literally cannot figure out who it was. But right as they leave, just something about the way that it was Mike Myers. Don't oh, know. Really? Yeah, and it was great. I turned to Martha, I'm like, that's freaking Mike Myers, isn't it? She goes, oh my gosh, it is. I'm like, <laughs> wow, he doesn't even look like he's in that, a great part because he doesn't sign him. And then when they're just doing the live aid, you know, they're, they're cutting to a bunch of people like, you know, you're 10 minutes in the performance. They're cutting to the bars that are watching. You know, of course, everybody in the world that they're showing is watching this and singing to all their songs and all choreographed dances. You know, it's like, okay, this isn't happening. And then it's great because they'll cut to, they cut to Mike Myers sitting in his chair listening to it on the radio. And you can just see by the look on his face, he's like, I missed out on millions and millions of dollars. I'm like, it's pretty good. So, but that was funny because I sat there. I was like, I don't know who this person is. And so I had, of course, I had to wait for the credits. I'm like, I got to make sure, but I'm pretty sure. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, he likes to transform himself. Totally. Didn't he look, didn't sound like him, switched the voice up and everything. Um, but yeah, it was good. I uh, I enjoyed it and I like Queen a lot. And it was fun. So nothing wrong with it at all. Definitely good. Definitely a good at home watch for sure. When it comes out on video, I would suggest that strongly. Um, but uh, as for Best Picture winner, I'm, I'm not sure on that, but it's good. It's fun. I don't know if I, I think I might have something else to say off that, but uh, I think I hit it pretty good. Yeah, other than, other, yeah it's good. It's good. Other than that, uh, I don't think I watched much. It was kind of a slow week. Slow time until next month when Captain Marvel comes out. Did you see, uh, we'll round out with uh, one last other Super Bowl thing. It's not a movie, so we, we usually don't. But uh, did you see the Game of Thrones? Uh, uh, are you a Game of Thrones guy? Yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've seen the first three seasons, so don't spoil anything for me. I won't. People, uh, people already have. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, wait, wait, wait. You're like five seasons, four seasons behind. You're going to know something. Yeah, I already know some of the stuff. But uh, I, I love the show. It's really, really good. Yeah, I love it. But the Bud Light commercial... It was pretty solid of uh, mm-hmm. of uh, doing the whole shtick, and then the mountain kills him, kills the Bud Light knight. Which I'm not sure is great for Bud Light, by the way. <laughs> the fact that oh, your knight just got destroyed. I mean, probably for the amount of money Bud Light wow. got out of the Game of Thrones sponsorship, I would take it. But uh, and then the dragon comes and kills everybody and makes yeah, him run off. It's good. Bud Light's been doing these medieval medieval right. commercials and perfect for the Super Bowl. Yeah, they set it up like it was going to be another one of those, but then the Game of Thrones dragon shows up. And Great stuff. And then it got me. I know I'm excited for Endgame, and I'm excited for Captain Marvel, but man, and my, my excitement is raging for Game of Thrones to start up in a couple months. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good You show. need to catch up now. Thanks, John. You have two months to watch about... Uh, 50 hours worth of material <laughs> to get caught up. I'm sure you have nothing else to do just to watch Game of Thrones all the time. Right. Um, but other than that, no, I think uh, I think we're set in gold. We're set to go until uh, next week. Yeah, before we go, we got an, an announcement, too, that we're oh, yeah. really excited about. Um, our podcast here has surpassed 1,000 listens. Yeah, we appreciate it. That's great. Yeah, thanks so much, Um and I know we've got some listeners in Europe and yep, in Canada, yeah. too. So cool. That's really exciting. So it's great that it's getting out there. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. When you see it, again, uh, if you don't like us on Facebook, please do. Um, um, figure out where we're, uh, if you, however you listen to us, if you can give us a review. I saw on iTunes we have one, by the way. I'll read it. I'll read it next week. I'll was print it, it up. Was it positive? Yeah, it was really good. Good. It was. Uh, I'll, I'll. I won't. I won't mess it up. I'll give a shout out next week. That's our first iTunes review. We appreciate that. If you listen to us on iTunes, please go on there and give us a review, or at least a five star click, because uh, that helps a lot when it comes to getting more listeners and stuff. Um, if you give a, listen to us on SoundCloud, give us a follow there, or Spotify, tune in wherever you listen to us. Give mm-hmm. us likes and follows, um, and then you know share and stuff on Facebook. That always. Oh, we're on Facebook. Give us the reviews too. That always. Little things that take you two minutes help us out. Yeah. Um, and we, we appreciate it a lot, so it's fun. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Listen to me.